Welcome to Younger Older. This is Dave Wager with you, and I'm with Micah today. Second program we've been able to do together, coming to you from the studios of Relate365.com. If you're not familiar with Younger Older, it's really just an encouragement for you to listen to somebody in my generation, I'm in my 60s, and somebody who's not in my generation have a discussion. And we're hoping that we can stimulate people to do this in their own homes with grandma, grandpa, with young children, with anybody to just sit and talk and not look at the other person as if they don't know what they're saying all the time. Because we are all stuck in our ways to a certain degree. But perhaps there's a reason why, and it'd be better to know why rather than than just judge why. And, and people my age can learn from anybody. Um, there are times where I'm just up here at camp when eight-year-old kid runs by and I'm talking to him and I learn something from that kid. And likewise, the experience that older people have, they're not smarter than anybody in the room, but they do have more experience. And, and that's what young people need to tap into. What did you learn from XYZ, whatever the situation is. So hopefully we're encouraging you to have these dialogues. Micah, tell us again where you're from. I am from upstate central New York area. Okay. And you came to Nicolay Bible Institute and found it online. And any regrets in coming? I have zero regrets in coming. Okay. It's been fantastic time here. Uh, I honestly wish I had found about this place sooner so I could have come sooner. But, you know, all in God's timing, I came right when God wanted me to come, and it's been fantastic. Yeah. Well, I found it absolutely fantastic that God sent you our way. And uh, some of that's self- selfish, I think. You, I get to mentor you. There's everybody in Nicolay Bible Institute gets one person that's older that is they need to sit and meet with. And uh, this year I get to sit and meet with you, and I find that a privilege to be able to do that. And I'm always thinking when I look at you, there's, there's a great future there regardless of what it is if you just listen to God. If you keep it simple, listen to God, God will do great things with you. I have no idea what it is. I, you, you could be the poorest person in the world by the time you're my age. You could be the richest person. wouldn't matter to me as long as you're loving God, loving people, doing what you should do. Mm-hmm. And um, I encourage people to go back to the other podcast we did and uh, download it at relate365.com and you get caught up on that conversation. Uh, in this segment, I want to ask you some questions just for the fun of it. Sounds so good. let me ask you, what if you, had, if you could classify one day in your life as the best day in your life, what would it be? Ooh, it's, a, it's a bit of a tough one. I've got a lot of best days, I think. I think one of the ones that's... I think I'd classify as the best day, I think, would be the day I got baptized. Okay. I think. And why? Why why does that stick out to you? I think it just sticks out to me the whole process I went through and just um, finally deciding to get baptized and just that expression of me being a follower of Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and this is a whole experience. I wasn't baptized in, in a church. I was baptized. We had an outside service. It was in the summer. And I was baptized in a, one of our church members' ponds, actually. And they were, uh, I don't know if you know what koi fish are. Sure. Wild yeah. fish. Oh, yeah. So I was baptized with a bunch of fish in there. And it's just a fun experience and just very memorable having my church family, my regular family around me, and just that moment that I decided to 
visibly express my desire to follow Christ. Cool. You know, you know, it's so important for anyone to know who they are, who they follow, whose they are. If you look at children who are abandoned by their parents, they need to be adopted, they're, they're orphan children. The great tragedy in life is they've lost identity. One of the coolest things to be able to do is know that God loves you, respond to God and be able to say, I am thankful that God loves me and I'm going to live as if he does and I'm going to be in his family and it's going to matter. Mm -hmm. When you do that, that is a great day. And for those that are listening who have never understood that, you don't have to be on the fence and say, well, I'm going to listen to God if it's convenient, if the culture does. You'll never be okay. I mean, listen to what Micah just said. That's the best day that he can remember. And this is why he got to identify with Christ. He got to identify with purpose that God has. And uh, honestly, if you're somebody who has never done that, you're not going to understand this. You're going to think, uh, it's much better going to a football game or something. Um, you know. So what was the worst day of your life then? And why would it be the worst? <clears throat> oh, boy. I think one of the worst days of my life was when I found out that my grandfather had passed away suddenly last year. Okay. And in the in the previous segment, we were talking about no regrets and just living your life with no regrets. And that moment when I found out he had passed away, I had all this regret because for the longest time, I had not gone to visit my grandparents as often as I should have. And he was he was that older figure in my life that I should have spent more time with, that I should have... Uh, just learned more from, but I didn't take the opportunity to do so. So just having that regret of not not having that desire to do that with my grandfather, that was probably one of the worst days of my life, I yeah. think. Well, you know, I encourage you not to push that out of your memory. And that may sound like, you sadist, you want me to remember this very sad day <laughs> of my life? No. I, I The reason is, is because in the future, you want to remember those days so that you make better decisions concerning your time and your availability to people. That's all. Mm -hmm. and, and you've wasted the opportunity, the, the opportunity to learn if you take something like that and wallow in it and try and escape from it. You know, wallowing in it just makes you miserable. Trying to escape from it is silly. It's there no matter what you do. So to say, what can I learn from that? Um, what's really interesting is I, through the years, I believe the Holy Spirit guides and directs us. And I think the Bible's clear that if you're a child of God, you've put your trust in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit leads you. Every once in a while, somebody's name or somebody's family comes across my heart. And it's like, I should go see them. I should talk to them. I remember one guy in particular, I was going to do some uh, radio stuff in Green Bay and I was driving back. And uh, this guy came to my brain, and I hadn't seen him in years. I grew up with him. He was a, a, a very um, influential business person in Chicago, one of those guys with his name on the building, and mm. you know his dad was very successful. And I just wondered what he was doing. and So I, I picked up my cell phone while I was driving and just called him. And I said, you know, his name was Davey. And, well, his name's Dave, but I grew up calling him Davey. Big, big <laughs> business guy. Hey, Davey. He, he just always laughs when I call him Davey. But, and my name's Dave, so it doesn't matter. But I, I said, Davey, what's up? He goes, what are you calling for? See, you know, I don't know, you're on my mind. And I just thought, you know, check in with you. You're probably fine. Everything goes, no, actually, there's a bunch of stuff going on. And uh, he had some decisions to make, and he was so thankful that I called him. 
and 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 talk to him. And I hadn't talked to him in years. Hmm. So all of a sudden, there's this guy in your brain. And you have to ask yourself, if you are a believer in Christ, you believe that God guides and directs you, why is that person in my mind? It, just randomly, they show up? Um, you obviously had thought about your grandpa. And probably you should have gone and seen him more. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not throwing a guilt ball at you, just saying, okay, fine. In the future, you'll make better choices because you've learned from that one. And uh, are you bothered when I talk like that? No, no, because that's exactly the thought process that I've been through. You know, I looked at it, and it was terrible time. You know, it was really hard couple months of my life right there. But I think God used a lot of it to teach me just a lot of different stuff and just reminded me that I need to be more intentional with my time. And just being here at camp, the, the I think the biggest word that I'm going to take away from this year at camp is just be intentional. Right. With your time with your family, your friends, your time with God, be intentional. I don't think I can stress that enough for myself. Right. And so when I went home for a fall break, I was I was very intentional with the time I went to spend with my grandmother since she's alone now. And I don't want to, like we talked about in the first segment, I don't want to have any regrets. And just learning that it's a, it's a lesson, a hard lesson, but a lesson I think I needed to learn. Right. So... Yeah. You know, I, I even encourage you. There's times where you think of somebody like your grandmother. Give her a call. Just tell her you're thinking of her. You have no agenda. And you'll make their day. I promise you. It'll be a, a, it, They'll hang up when you're done and think, wow, that's nice. Because people, as they get older, they feel forgotten. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is a time in life where you're very productive. You are entering the most productive years of your life. You can be very busy. You can be building houses, starting families, getting married. Do all like you should do it the other order, but whatever. <laughs> um, you, you know, you can be very busy in, in your life, and there are people that are are older that can't be as busy, and sometimes they sit and they wonder if anyone remembers them, and sometimes a note, a, a call, uh, anything um, is is a good thing. So I do encourage you. That's a really good thing. I know the reason I asked you if it bothered you uh, earlier is because I could just hear people on the other end going, you're pretty tough on him. You're telling him, you know, <laughs> it's okay. And No, I, there's, there's this thing about honesty that, you know, I, Mike and I have a relationship. I'm not doing anything that would bother him, I think, in the way we talk. I might talk differently to different people, but in our conversation right now, I know that he wouldn't have been bothered by what I said, but I wanted to say that aloud on air so that people can understand that you can be honest with people. You're not trying to hurt them. You're trying to help them figure out what to use, how they can use a circumstance that's less than best for something to make their life better in the future. And I think even your grandfather would say, you know, if he could respond to that is, yes, that's, that's a good use of that thought. Uh, self-pity is not a good use self-wallowing isn't a good thing. I mean, those things don't make anybody better. Uh, you make decisions and you move forward and, mm-hmm. and correct them. And now now that's a, a good thing instead of a bad thing. Right. Um, now, you, what kind of music do you like? You, you're a musician, so what kind do you just, if you had a if any genre, whatever, what kind of music? Oh boy, I've been asked that question a lot. I'm a huge, I'm a huge music buff. I listen to a lot of music, so 
for the most part, I listen to a lot of just Christian contemporary. Okay. And I think, I think my second second favorite music genre would have to be country. Okay. So just for the probably more for the sake of guitar in there, and I just love hearing the guitar and the different patterns, rhythms, and just the technique and just the skill of different musicians out there. Sure. So and then rock, some rap, some you know the more modern techno stuff, okay. but. For the most part, my top two are Christian, contemporary, and country. All right, you know, if I if I had a favorite, I think, believe it or not, I like jazz. However, <laughs> I never listen to it. But I, if I do hear it, I like it. You know, it's yep. one of those things yep. where a Swedish guy likes jazz. That just doesn't work in most cases. Uh, but really, it's it, I grew up in Chicago, and you know, the blues and the you know, I I just like. I don't necessarily want words with it. I just like the uh, freedom, maybe, that the musicians have to kind of deviate. Yeah, yeah, I can understand and that. And do their thing. And at the end, it's either terrible, <laughs> you know, or, yep. or it really was cool when they were done. And they probably could never do it again anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was a, a my mom was cook here at camp for 25 years. And our standard joke always was uh, she loved people. She loved God. She loved serving people. But we could never have the same meal twice because she wouldn't remember what she did to it to make it taste that way. Uh, she, she would cook that way. I mean, throw this in, throw that, and throw this in, and you're going, "Mom, that's great. You got to make that again." And she go, "Yeah, I should. Yeah, like, do you even remember what the <laughs> ingredients were?" Yeah, um, just no recipe and just kind of go with the flow. Yeah, it, well, some people don't like that kind of cooking, but I always did, and I think because we grew up in a poorer area, uh, a little poorer than some other people, that it was her way of stretching things. I mean, she could cook anything and add, like she would take a, a big bowl of elbow macaroni, a big pot of it, and throw like three slices of bacon in there and a can of um, stewed tomatoes and call it goulash and give it to my brother and I and put some salt on that and eat it. Go, oh, that's good, Mom. You know, it's like, <laughs> well, we didn't realize that she was just stretching the dollars and making sure that we had plenty to eat. Never went hungry. So I I give that to her, mm. but I don't think we ever ate anything two times in a row either. So one of those things. You you have a favorite meal? I do. Well, that's a, that's another bit of a tough question. I I, mean, I love food in general, so it's kind of hard to pinpoint a specific favorite meal. I think I think my favorite one is um, cheeseburgers. Okay. So the way my mom makes them, she makes them nice and thin, and yeah. so I I don't like big hockey puck hamburgers that's yep. it's a little too much for me so are you a mcdonald's guy mm, no. No, no no okay no. I, well I, they're pretty thin <laughs> just wondering well yeah I, I think i'd pick a lot of other things over mcdonald's okay well we're not trying to bash mcdonald's i'm just saying you know it's i, I that's what came to my mind yeah, it's not for everyone now i wonder you know things change and and when i was a kid mcdonald's believe it or not in chicago where some of the original ones were and and they were just taking off, and it was pretty popular. And the other day, I, I don't go into McDonald's really, and, but the other day we were on doing something. I think we were in Nashville, actually, the other day, uh, probably a couple of years ago now. <laughs> and uh, we went, just before we were going home, I saw McDonald's had smoothies. And I thought, well, that's weird, so let's go try one of those. You know, I mean, first time I've been to McDonald's in years. And I was surprised that the prices were as high as they were on the hamburgers and things because the reason we used to go was they were so cheap. You could get a lot of burgers for very little. 
and uh, and they've kind of come up. Maybe their standards are up too. I have no idea. Hmm. Uh, I nobody ever asked me my favorite food because um, I like all of them, and. If the cooks ever ask how it is here at camp, I just say it's great. So they quit asking. I, you know, if you're if you're somebody who has no taste buds, nobody cares. If you're somebody with no taste buds, nobody cares what you think about their food. So, hmm. wondering, do you have a favorite scripture verse? I do. I think my favorite overall scripture verse is going to have to be Romans one sixteen. And what does that say? Uh, Romans one sixteen, uh, for I am un, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Yeah, I think it's a great verse for this time in history. Just not being ashamed of what you believe. Oh, definitely. That's that was a it's been a big key factor in my life growing up. I went to some you know summer camps when I was younger, and just the whole concept of being unashamed of the gospel, living your life for Christ, and a passage in Matthew about not hiding your lamp under a basket. Right. That was a big, big passage, big part for my life. The question I would have when you say that is, why would somebody be ashamed of Christ? I think, from my perspective, just the culture we have these days, that just being a Christ follower is going against the flow, going against the the current, the ebb of culture, so being different, and that's not something everyone likes. And so when you have that peer pressure from those around you to go along with everyone else, it's you have that peer pressure to just do that and not to be different. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because if, if you were to come to me and you were to say, you know, I'm a Buddhist monk or whatever you want to say, I would not beat you up. I would not try and imprison you. I would not try and stifle what you say. I would ask you why you believe what you believe. Mm-hmm. The, what's really interesting to me personally <clears throat> is that if, if I know the scriptures and I know what God says, I'm not afraid to have a dialogue with somebody. I'm not afraid I'm going to lose what I know. I'm, I'm not afraid that what I know is going to be transferred into something that's false. And I, and I wouldn't mind just talking to you about what you believe. At the end, if we disagree, I want to do it with a handshake and walk away. I, I don't want to beat you up because you disagree. The only time in, in our culture right now, we have gotten so angry with people who disagree with us. And that's not the way it should be. And it could be Christians that are angry, non-Christians that are angry. I mean, in general, we, we seem to get angry at people who disagree with us. And I think we need to be very careful. Uh, I appreciate it. So far, there's a theme here in what you've said, and I hope the young people listening are picking it up. you you know, the greatest day in your life, you, the day you got baptized, you were declaring the fact that you were a Christ follower. Your favorite verse, I, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And, and that's important. The only way to get there is for you to spend time in God's word and know what it says and know that it's true. And if you don't know that, you've got to spend more time in it. And if you're not spending time in God's word, you're never going to know what it says and you're never going to see how true it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember once I taught when I was teaching school, a, a principal was getting on me because I was talking about things in the Bible. I was a fifth grade teacher, and they were talking. The principal was saying, "You know, you can't preach, you know, teach the Bible in the school. It's a public school." I said, "Oh, I'm not." He said, "Well, I heard you talking about." I said, "Well, I know you did, but the, it just so happened that the thing I was talking about was in the Bible, and it, it fit the situation." I wasn't trying to preach the Bible or anything else. He goes, well, you're not supposed to you know, use the Bible. 
And I, and I remember asking him, so what part of the Bible actually is going to make this school worse if I teach it? And he would just got quiet and goes, oh, don't ask me that. It's like, no, just tell me, what part of the Bible are you actually referring to that'll make this world, this school, my classroom worse? Mm-hmm. And he, he just got irritated by the question. And I said, can I tell you what the Bible says about some things? I mean, it tells me that children should obey their parents. It tells me that they should respect authority. And I kept listing things. And I said, just stop me when I get to the part that hurts the school, would you? And he just said, get out of my office. And, I, and we were done. We never talked about it again. It was like, okay. <laughs> I, the, the thing I was trying to point out to him wasn't that I wanted to be disrespectful. I just wanted to know what was harmful. Right about the Bible. And if he could tell me, I would, I would at least know what he's, his mind frame is. Um, I still don't see anything harmful in the Bible. What's harmful about knowing that God created us and loves us? Nothing, you know, it, it, nothing harmful about it. It just shows that we're, we're created and we're loved and we have a purpose. You know, everything you make, there's a purpose for everything you make. Right. So, so you, you live in a world relationships, families. Um, we've done a lot while you're at Nicolay Bible Institute talking about personalities. You know, you've got certain gifts and talents and abilities. Other people around you don't see it the way you see it all the time. What, what in other people is something that just flips your trigger really quickly? What, what characteristic do you have to just back off and watch? Because it just irritates you when you see it. I think just somebody who's like overly bossy and just really takes charge of a situation and doesn't listen to anybody else. Okay. I think that's, and and that's something I need to work on sometimes because with my personality, I like to keep the peace. I like to make sure everyone's happy. And sometimes when I see that, I just kind of back off and walk away when sometimes I should feel like I should step in and help defuse some situations sometimes but it just rubs me the wrong way when somebody just completely takes charge and is overbearing and yeah acts like a know-it-all sometimes yeah well you know i encourage you when you see that to to stick in there and just say well that's nice and because sometimes it's the other voice that calms that person down and the reason they get to the platform is because everyone's intimidated by how they're speaking Mm mm-hmm so you you got to almost be the one that's not intimidated but not disrespectful. There's no way to outshout a shouter. Those things go nowhere. Um, but you can you can sit there and be amused by it, I guess, at, at times. You know, for me, because, again, every personality is different, um, people who have uh, pity parties, it just drives me up a wall. It's like overdramatic, overdramatic, overdramatic. Uh, that's why there are certain news channels. I'm not going to tell you which ones, but I cannot watch the newscaster <laughs> because everything they say is dramatic. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to be dramatic. So they might start out the news saying, today in our town, there was a cow who didn't feel well. Tragic for Mrs. Jones, the farmer. And I would look at that and go, get out of here. This isn't as bad as you're making it. Yep, I can relate to that. Yeah, so... I think there's something, and the reason I bring that up again is because part of the fun of the world, part of the fun of the body of Christ is the diversity of people, the differences in gifts, the differences in talents, and sometimes the very thing in somebody else that you detest 
you need because you don't have that in you. And if you're around me enough, you realize you're right. He doesn't have drama or empathy like that. He doesn't. He doesn't have it. So I need other people to say this man. You know, this is a big deal. This this right here is big. Because to me, I'm a level. You know, my emotions just stay on a level. Mm-hmm. And uh, and for some situations, that's very good. So people that are really off the charts in drama, they need to hang out with me. Right. And I can learn something a little from them. And in the middle of it all, you, you begin to have a little more of a balanced uh, life, if you want to call it. Um, do you believe in uh, the, the family that the Bible talks about? Uh, one man, one woman, traditional family? Oh, yes, 100%. It's something I, I want to do eventually in my life, you know, get married, start a family. And in today's culture, again, it's so hard to do that with how— um, Satan attacks the the nucleus of the family, one man, one woman, and just seeing that falling apart and dividing everyone, it's sad, it's scary, but also it's challenging to me to be able to want to step up and like actually do that. And having having one mom, one dad all my life, you know, it's it's not easy. Of course, there are going to be struggles, but it's something I want to step up to the plate and challenge myself to do. You know, something it's it's God. God made it to be good, and, you know, it's something I want to take up that responsibility yeah. to do. Well, I applaud you on that because, really, God did. And, you know, we've talked about there are certain things that that God has made as true and standard, whether we like it or not. This is the way it was. He made it so man and woman would, would get married, and they would commit to each other for life. And I encourage you never to leave the truth, regardless of what our culture says. Not only that, I'll flip the page and go to a cultural side. You have the freedom in this country, the freedom to believe and, and to act and to say um, what you want to say and what you want to believe. Mm-hmm. That's a constitutional freedom. Those are our amendments. We, we have the freedom to do that. Biblically, I encourage you because that is the absolute standard for everything that's right. And God has made this family thing and marriage thing a beautiful thing it's really not about arrangements with anybody because arrangements can be broken it's about commitments right right and god is committed to you and as a man and myself as a man that's married i need to be committed to my wife and to my family and not have them in my life as an arrangement that can be broken so any young person that's listening, I want to encourage you, never, ever get married if this is something that is an arrangement for you. If you're doing it and, and you have the ideal in your head that this may not work and, and there are certain situations that I would walk away from this other person, you're not ready to get married. You need to make a commitment and, and any relationship that uh, you have in life is going to take a commitment. And any arrangements can be broken. So you'll know the difference. And I pray that God allow you to understand that. I also ask that you uh, do not hate people who disagree with you. Uh, Hatred doesn't do anything. You can have a broken heart. You can act out of a broken heart. And you can also act in accordance with the truth. That's your right. And the truth is found in God's word. It, It will set you free. And I ask you to do that. Well, I thank you, Micah, for spending the last two segments here on Younger Older with me. You're a student at the Nicolay Bible Institute here in northern Wisconsin, a division of Silver Birch Ranch. 
And this is a program that we call Younger Older, encouraging one generation to interact with another uh, so that we can have dialogues instead of just being angry with one another. Amen. Thanks for listening.